0: Hey there, future fans. This week, we praise God, we hail Satan, and we celebrate Mother Nature. This is the week of April 19th, 2019, and you're listening to episode 131 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Alright everyone, welcome to the show. This is episode 131, called Pinguinos y Colores, Episodio 131. I have to be honest, um, the original title for this episode, the original thought I had, could have been very, very easily misinterpreted. So I decided to change the name, and when I talk about the movie that I was going to name the episode after, like fully after... I'll let you in on why I thought that it was going to be misunderstood. And while all of you, my future fans, would very well have given me the benefit of the doubt, going, oh, he obviously is trying to be clever with a movie and not being racist, there are too many people out there on the internet who will just get all angry about something without even diving into what happened. Like, let's not read this article, I'm just going to read the headline and then get angry. But you know what, we can do a whole episode about people being dumb on the internet, so let's just breeze right past that and get into the introduction. This is Future Flicks with Billiam, so if you came looking for that show, you have found it. I am your host, Billiam, and on this show, I do quite a few things. We always start with a little intro, always ad-libbed, which is why it's never interesting. There you go, that is your Future Flicks with Billiam tidbit of information for the day. I ad-lib, thus uninteresting though I do like to think the show is better than when I when I had everything fully scripted and even then uh, by fully scripted I meant I would like say it all out in my head then write it down so then i could say it unbroken so this way there's a little more pausing and a lot more editing but you know i do think it's better than the way the show used to be Uh, if you're relatively new don't go back to the first few episodes there's a, a couple good reasons to do that first of all this is a very topical show so every week it's up to date so no real reason to go back, and also because, um, I'm a lot better now. And, um, yeah, that, that's about it. Well, anyway, on the show, I do quite a few things. We do the intro, then we go into the news, and the trailers. Those are any new news stories and any new trailers that have caught my eye since the last episode. After that, we go into the movies, which are broken up into two categories. The first is the limited releases. Those are any movies that are getting a limited release and didn't really catch my eye. Didn't do much to make me interested i still talk about those just in case you're interested in that case i tell you what they're about who's in it and then we move on sometimes i'll say a word now and then about it but i try to save my thoughts for the next segment which is the wide releases and interesting indies in that section i tell you what the movie's about who's in it and then i give my thoughts on it and then we wrap that all up with a score called the billiams interest level score aka the bill score now please keep in mind, I, I don't say this every episode, but I bring it up every once in a while that that my score and my thoughts are only based on the trailer. I am not important enough yet to have any insider knowledge. I don't get test screenings, I don't I don't get the right to attend press screenings, though I did try. I tried to get into press screenings in my area, just to find out they don't do press screenings in my area anymore. Everyone from this area goes to San Jose, and you know what? I'll wait. I'll wait till I get a little more famous and by a little more famous, I mean famous in general. Any fame would be nice. We then wrap it all up with the question of the week, and then I send you along your way to listen to the other great shows in the somewhat nerdy podcast network, and then we rinse and repeat next week. So how do you find this show? Okay, you've done a good job thus far, but let me tell you, you can also find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app. Oh, we're also on Spotify now. So yay for us, or you know, thanks to Snarf Chris, because it's all his doing. I do nothing. All I do is look pretty and talk about movies. That's my job here. And uh, let's see, did I mention any podcast app? Yeah, we're on most, if not all, podcast apps. So if there's ever a podcast app you like to use and you cannot find any one of our shows, let us know and we will get right on it. But you know what? Let us step into our first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. New news from the world of Avatar. Actress Michelle Yeoh has joined the cast of the sequels. Michelle Yeoh, known for movies like Tomorrow Never Dies and Memoirs of a Geisha, most recently in Crazy Rich Asians, uh, has joined the cast of Avatar, And I think I truly think that the that the studio is just trying to make us care by announcing things like this, because it's been a long time since the first Avatar. And if the sequel had come out somewhere within the five years after, I still think it would have had hope. But now they're going to have to do a big, big job of selling it to make people care again, because why really would we care that? We're getting a sequel to a movie that people may have loved. It may have been a huge movie, but it's been so long that any of the hype has died down. So they are really going to have to work their asses off to make us care again. Well, it looks like they're starting that just by releasing stories like this and putting it out into the media. That story came to us from Variety. This next story comes to us from Geeky Gadgets. Disney apparently is going to take a break from Star Wars movies after Episode Nine. For the past few years, we have had a yearly Star Wars movie, but after this, they are taking a break. That does not mean they are stopping. No, that just means they're taking a break, and they're going to take this time to focus on the original series that are going to Disney+. What is the future for the movies? Well, that's still kind of being speculated, because some of the stories I have read claim that there is a very specific plan for how the Star Wars universe is going to unfold from here. Director Ryan Johnson who directed Star Wars The Last Jedi, is supposed to be working on a new trilogy of movies that has nothing to do with the Skywalker clan at all. This would be a completely new trilogy that does take place in the Star Wars universe, just not with the characters we know. Hell, there may not even be any Jedi in it, as I heard rumors that there weren't going to be any Jedi, but of course that was just a rumor. I've also heard rumors that Ryan Johnson is walking away from it, that he's not going to direct another star wars movie so as time goes on we will see which one of these is true this next story comes to us from flickering myth were you disappointed with star wars the force awakens and how we never got to see certain characters reunite well this is a spoiler for the force awakens so if you've never seen that um your fault but also skip forward you know 30 seconds just in case but you you if you care enough you really should have seen it by now Anyway, Mark Hamill pitched his own idea on what he would have liked to have seen in The Force Awakens. He said that he believed it was a huge missed opportunity to have all three of them again together, even if it would be briefly. He says, and this is a direct quote, I pitched Abrams on the idea of having me come in at the end of The Force Awakens, but how about Leia's trying to contact me telepathically? She gets frustrated because there's no answer. She rushes to the new Death Star. She almost gets there when she's stopped by two stormtroopers. Just before she's abducted, one stormtrooper turns to the other, blows him away, pulls off his helmet, and says, Hi, sis, I'm here to rescue you. And God damn it, Mark Hamill, why did you even tell us that? Because that would have been amazing. Like, even if the rest of the movie progressed the way it did from there, that would have been sick. In news from 1428elm.com, God, I really need to check out some of these sources. The Blair Witch Project is 20 years old, and people still care about it, I guess. I lump Blair Witch into the same category as I would put movies like It Follows and The Babadook, these indie horror movies that blew up but suck, but for some reason, still really popular. So if you're like me and you remember when it came out, yes. You, too, are old. The next story comes to us from NME. Apparently, Marvel Studios wants to... um wants to expand their heroes marvel studios president kevin feig said that he wants the movies to reflect our audience and discussed plans for lgbtq superheroes and while i am excited for that excited to see where they can go with it i I am of two minds of this where yes it would be nice if it was more inclusive but also it's a dangerous line to straddle for a few reasons the first and the obvious one is that the backlash from the same type of ass who got angry about Captain Marvel and Black Panther. But no matter what, those people are going to get angry when you introduce anything outside of the norm. I bet you when the Shang-Chi movie is ready to come out, there'll be a bunch of people against it. Why? Because. Marvel's liberal propaganda is being shoved down our throats, blah, 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 blah. And it can go wrong the other way, too, if you don't do it right. It could just be seen as just plain pandering. It could come across as disingenuine, and that would upset everyone. So it's a good move to make. I just think they have to be careful how they execute it. And finally in the news, did you know that Robert Downey Jr. is going to be in a Dr. Doolittle movie? I didn't, but here's something I also didn't know that they are having troubled productions with air quotes because apparently they are bringing in new filmmakers to oversee reshoots for this film this movie is going to be called the voyage of dr Doolittle*. is set for release january 17th 2020 and has an all-star cast including robert downey jr and michael sheen with voices of tom holland rami malek ralph fines emma thompson Kumel Nanjiani, Selena Gomez, Carmen Ejogo, Marion Cotillard, John Cena, Antonio Banderas, Octavia Spencer. See, everyone's in this. But the question is, why? Why do we need more Dr. Doolittle? We don't. Eddie Murphy's Dr. Doolittle was fine. We, we should just leave it where it is. But, you know, it's Hollywood. They're not going to do that. Well, that is it for the news. Let us jump into our next segment, which is everyone's favorite segment, The Trailer Trove. A vast and welcome to the trailer
1: troll.
0: All right, we have quite a few things to talk about. Let's start with let's see the new Detective Pikachu trailer. Okay, again, still looks good. Uh, this is the trailer where where it's about the cat the fake casting call about which Pokemon they're going to have in it, and basically just showing that they're going to have a sh- ton of Pokemon in this, and not just Gen One and Gen Two like up to current-gen Pokemon in it, and I'm really excited. I still think it looks really good, and anything with Ryan Reynolds, I'm going to give it a shot. X-Men Dark Phoenix got a new trailer, and it still looks like so I'm not even going to bother with that. We got a new trailer for Godzilla 2, King of the Monsters, and I need this. I need this in my life. I need Avengers Endgame more, I'm not even going to lie about that, I need Avengers Endgame a lot more. Godzilla 2 King of Monsters is going to be badass. It is going to be a CG slugfest. It is going to be a popcorn movie, a popcorn and alcohol movie. This is a film that you sit there and get toasty to because it's just so fun. Next up we have a movie called The Professor and this is my first time hearing about it and I was initially turned off because it has Johnny Depp. I'm not a big Johnny Depp fan, but this one actually looks Pretty good. has Johnny Depp, Zoe Deutsch, Ron Livingston, Odessa Young, and I think those are the big names, Uh, Danny Houston. But this is about a college professor who starts to live life with reckless abandon after being diagnosed with a terminal illness. So basically, it's one of those movies where, you know, hey, I'm going to die. Might as well do whatever I want. Uh, Be an asshole, be a slut, uh, do drugs or just say what's on my mind, or be the best version of myself. And this one kind of looks like it's a roller coaster. It looks like he hits hard first, going straight to drugs and sex, and then kind of climbing out of it to find the best version of him of himself before he dies. It looks better than I thought it would, especially to me, but it still doesn't look that great. We, we've we seen movies like this before. We've seen a lot of them. Like why, why this one? Why now? Why should we see this one? The trailer didn't do enough to sell it. As more trailers come out, As the release date nears, we will see if we even get another one, because this is coming out next month on May 17th. So, you know, we'll see if anything else comes out about this to change my mind or your mind. We have another trailer for The Lion King, and I am now excited. Uh, The first trailer was just okay. It just really showed us that that very famous scene of the presentation of Simba to the Animal Kingdom, and it looked okay, just not great, but now, now it's looking better. Now that we're seeing more of what the movie actually looks like, it's looking good. We saw more of the plot. We saw a lot of Scar and the hyenas in this. We saw the scenes, the famous scenes now, of like the Stampede in the beginning. We see parts of the montage of Simba hanging out with Timon and Pumbaa and growing older. We saw what's probably going to be at the end of the movie with older Simba climbing up on Pride Rock. And we saw Timon and Pumbaa singing. And that's all we really need to see right it looks good and it looks like it's going to capture the original really well and what else do we expect from these remakes because these because these these remakes these live action or in this case still animated but realistic-esque remake these remakes aren't trying to change anything about it they're they're the same movie almost scene for scene in some cases but it just has a lot of new stuff as in just the fact that it's live action or just the whole look of it the story seems fundamentally unchanged i'm now excited for this i still want to see aladdin more because aladdin was always a favorite of mine over lion king and especially after we see in the trailers that the ugly blue genie isn't going to be there the whole time Check out the trailer if you want, it. it's going to be good. You, you know if you're going to see it already or not. The biggest benefit I see is that it, it's so realistic looking, especially compared, especially compared to the original cartoon, that when young Simba is scared or hurt, it's a little more heartbreaking than with the original animation style. So yay, more feelings for us to feel. Well, let's wrap up the trailer trove with the one everyone's been talking about, the the trailer for Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. This is a very basic trailer. It, it, it did well, actually. I think it did jo- its job really well. I want to see it. It got me excited, but I don't think it gave away too much. Like, what did we really see? Okay, we saw Rey in the desert running away from some sort of new tie. It looked like a tie advanced, I think, not a straight-up tie fighter. Then we saw the epic bromance of Poe and Finn. We see that, yes, Carrie Fisher's in it, even though it's archive footage. They're still going to have her in it. We see that Kylo Ren is working on a new helmet. We see that Lando Calrissian is back in the seat where he belongs because you know what if han solo is not going to pilot the Millennium falcon it should be lando and there's other stuff we know thanks to imdb we know that we we're also going to have actors like greg grumberg dominic monahan carrie russell is going to be in it as well and at the end of the trailer you all know what you heard the minute you heard it you should have known what that was yes that is emperor palpatine's laugh as far as i know ian mcdermond is the only person to have played palpatine on the screen i think a couple other people may have voiced him but even a lot of the voices of palpatine is him and somehow palpatine is going to come back how is that possible? A lot of people were wondering about that, but I think the answer is right in front of us. I think how Palpatine is going to come back is going to be as a as a force ghost, but a dark side force ghost that Kylo Ren is going to see. Because if you're familiar with the expanded universe or extended universe for... For Star Wars, that's now no longer a thing, but if you were familiar with it, you would have known that Palpatine had a few clones. Palpatine had a few clones and a few other super wet weapons like the Sun Crusher and the left and right eyes of Palpatine, planet-destroying weapons, but none of that was ever hinted at in the movies. So if they're just going to bust out with Palpatine having a clone in the movies without ever hinting at it anywhere else in the official movie canon, especially especially after, like, wiping away all the canon from the books. Especially then, if they pull out a clone out of nowhere, it's going to seem like a really weird move. Because, like, if they had kept all the books in canon, and if they had introduced the idea of people being cloned, then a Palpatine clone wouldn't have just come out of nowhere. But yes, since we have no old expanded universe anymore, now we just have to go off the fact that it's probably a force ghost because those have been, have been in official canon since technically episode four when Obi-Wan was talking to Luke in the X-Wing. And then we officially saw him as a ghost in the next movie. So that's probably how we're going to see Palpatine again, because one of the most powerful Sith to ever exist. Yeah, he's probably going to come back as a force ghost. And that's probably how we're going to see Luke Skywalker again. To be honest, he's going to probably appear to Daisy Ridley, because if it's just flashbacks, I'm going to be really, really disappointed. And I think that's why it's called The Rise of Skywalker is because just like Obi-Wan said in episode four, if you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. So we have Luke who gives himself over to the force in the last movie. Because he seemed in fine health to me. I think he did just become one with the force, like let himself go. So we're going to see Mark, Mark, not Mark Hamill. It will be him, but we're going to see Luke Skywalker come back after he's become one with the force and thus risen. Because I swear to God. God, if we find out that Rey is a Skywalker, I'm going to be pissed because that is just too easy. I think it's much cooler that Rey is a nobody, that she has no history of Jedi in her family, that she is not related to the Skywalkers at all, that she is just this potentially powerful Jedi. Personally, I still would have loved my idea to come to fruition from the last movie where they switched where daisy ridley joined the dark side kylo ren had a change of heart came back to the light and then kylo ren's job was then to get ray back to the light i think that would have been amazing and a far far better movie but you know what we can speculate all we want all we know is what this trailer has showed us and i think this movie is going to be good if you go into this if you go into this movie just wanting to see a fun movie then you will not be disappointed. Then I think you will walk out of the movie happy. If you go into this expecting to see perfection and wanting it all wrapped up in this perfect little bow, then you're going to be disappointed. I think it's going to be a good movie. I think it's going to be a fun movie, but that's it. So Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker comes out December 20th this year. And that is it for the trailer trove. Let us take our first break. And I'm going to try something a little different again with the ads. And, you know, tell me how this works. I'm going to do two ads now and then one after the limited releases. Just because, you know what, Nerds of the Squared Circle and the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast and Watch Your Mouth, they all have their ads right in the middle. And they do all of them back to back to back. I thought I would originally spread them out a bit. But let's play around with this. So please stay tuned for a word from our friends at both the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Please stay tuned.
1: Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris, and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at SomewhatNerdy.com. Good journey, nerds.
0: Nerds in a square circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me,
1: Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our
0: podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast
1: app today. Nerds in the Square Circle and SomeoneNerdy.com
0: And we are back. We are back with the limited releases. So let us jump right into it with a movie I've talked about before, but only briefly. And that's called Lost and Found. Seven interconnecting stories set in and around a lost and found office in an Irish train station. This is inspired by true stories. I talked about this movie before. It was getting a New York only release. Now, if you live in Los Angeles, it's getting a Los Angeles only release. So if any of you future fans out there live in L.A., keep an eye out. Next up in the limited releases, we have a movie called Grass. In a small cafe, Minhee Kim plays a guest who prefers to observe but not interact with the other guests herself. This is a South Korean film that's getting a New York only release this week. Let's move on to Stuck. That's actually a true limited release in not just one or two cities. So here we go, finally, right? Stuck. Darby finds herself in trouble with the law. She's sentenced to house arrest. She now must serve 30 days in the home she used to share with her ex-boyfriend that he now shares with his new fiance. This stars Heather Matarazzo from Hostel Part Two, Joe McHale from Community, Felicia Day from The Guild, Kristen Vagness from Criminal Minds, Kate Flannery from The Office, and Paul shear from The League. I actually don't know what this one's gonna be like, so that's why I put it here, because I couldn't, for the life of me, find a trailer for this. You know, IMDb like has trailers a lot. If you just go to the movie's page on IMDb, they didn't have one. I googled for it, couldn't find one. All I could find was the one for the Giancarlo Esposito movie of the same name. And then trailers for the Greg Kinnear movie Stuck on Love, or Stuck in Love, I think. Uh, Which was really good. Like, who else was in that? Let's see. Let's talk about that instead. That's right. Greg Kinnear, Jennifer Connelly, Lily Collins, Logan Lerman, Kristen Bell. And the voice of Stephen King, and Patrick Schwarzenegger, that's uh, Arnold's son. That was a good one. But as for this movie called Stuck, I, I know nothing about because I couldn't find a trailer. If any of you out there find one, let me know. Message me with it. Going, hey, here's here's a link to the trailer. All right, anyway, let's move on to the next movie, which is called Be Natural, the untold story of Alice Sky Blanche. This is a documentary about filmmaker Alice Guy Blanche. So, so yay, if you're familiar with Alice Guy Blanche. There you go. A documentary is coming out about her. Next up, we have a movie called Breaking Habits. In the town of Merced, California, a commune of activist nuns run a weed farm. They use it to make medicine and along the way fight everyone from authorities to local gangs. Now, listen to me very carefully. This is a documentary. Yes, no, this is really going on as we speak. So if you are big into weed or you just like like true crime sort of things, but maybe this one's just not about murder, you know, maybe check this out. My only problem is I'm wondering if they're actual nuns or if they're just dressing like them, because that would actually bother me because a nun is. Well, color me surprised. Apparently, the official definition of nun has nothing to do with Catholicism. Weird. Officially. The definition of nun is a woman member of a religious order, especially one bound by vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. So yeah, okay, based on the trailer, I guess these women could really be called nuns. They may never be accepted as Catholic nuns, but sure. Okay, do your thing, ladies. Next up, we have a movie called Hagazusa a heather's curse in a remote alpine village in the 15th century the orphan albron grows up to become a marked woman the scapegoat of ancient superstition and monstrous misogyny this self-styled witch begins to assert her otherworldly birthright the plague she conjures makes human cruelty look pathetic and small by comparison this is a german film yay quick note about this if this is some sort of response to misogyny and the treatment of women back then making her an actual witch and having her actually kill people is a terrible way to spread your message if anything the message of your movie is yeah they should have killed all these women good job Uh, so i really hope there's more to the movie than that next up we have a movie called family Kate is a career-focused single woman, and she likes it that way. She keeps people at arm's length, even her own family. When she's called upon to watch her niece, everything she thinks she likes about her life is called into question. This stars Taylor Schilling from Orange is the New Black, Jesse Ennis from The Life of the Party, Kate McKinnon from The Spy Who Dumped Me, and Brian Tyree Henry from If Beale Street Could Talk. I'm really surprised I don't want to see this movie because that's a good cast, especially Kate McKinnon. I thought that you just magically put her in her movie and I would watch it. Uh, this doesn't look good, and it's not just the fact that it has juggalos in it. It Actually looks very boring, very predictable, and like a movie we've seen a million times. So, no. Next up, we have another documentary called Hail Satan. and actually does have a question mark. This is a look at the quick rise and influence of the controversial religious group known as the Satanic Temple. You know, while this could be very interesting, um, that is something I would never f*** with. Just because if they're wrong and Christians and Catholics are right, then you are f- and that is not even a risk I want to take. I will never even joke about selling anything to Satan. Just because I'm like, no, 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 no. Keep keep that voodoo witchcraft bullshit away from me. No, 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 no. But hey, if you're a member of the Satanic Temple, cool. Do, do your thing. Nice. And as the polar opposite of that, we have the next movie called Breakthrough. When her 14-year-old son drowns in a lake, a faithful mother prays for him to come back from the brink of death and be healed. This stars Chrissy Metz from This Is Us, Josh Lucas from Sweet Home, Alabama, Marcel Ruiz from One Day at a Time, Topher Grace from that 70s show, and Sam Trammell from True Blood. And no, thank you, just another super Christian movie meant for a mega church that focused on just selling God instead of making a good movie and, and selling your message that way. So, no, 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 no. And finally, in the limited release section, we have a movie called Kalank. This is a drama set during the 1940s partition of India. And it's a Hindi cinema film. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the limited releases. Let us take our last break, and then we'll go into the wide releases and interesting indies, so please stay tuned.
1: There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach wall-to-wall filthy fucking language
0: go to a grocery store i'm like i know exactly what i need i get in there and like fuck. yeah, <laughs> the yeah. F- did i even come here for
1: with our charity swear jar every fucked up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction
0: the motherfucker's a mouth breather
1: gaming movies life musings it's all here served on a bed of f- and garnished with a crown of shut the
0: fuck up how the fuck did we get here fuck all that f-
1: f- a f- jelly bean so if you want to hear us do good things with bad words check out the watch your mouth podcast on i. ITunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wimpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth.
0: And we're back. We are back with the wide releases and interesting indies. And let us start with a film called Someone Great. After a devastating breakup on the eve of her cross-country move. Jenny enjoys one last New York City adventure with her two best pals. This stars Gina Rodriguez from Jane the Virgin, Dewanda Wise from She's Gotta Have It, Brittany Snow from Pitch Perfect, Lakeith Stanfield from Selma, and Rosario Dawson from Daredevil. This is a Netflix original movie, so you can watch this the minute it comes out, the minute Friday hits, this will be available. And it looks a lot better than last week's Netflix movie. Last week's Netflix movie was a typical rom-com. It seemed very predictable. But this one looks a little better. And again, based on the trailer, the bare-bones premise I do have issue with. Because we've seen movies like this before, where two people are in a relationship. One of them gets a job opportunity across the country. The other one doesn't want to move. And then they break up, and it's about... Like, one of them is the bad guy. And I don't think that's a good story. Though this story, in this movie, isn't just that. It's about her spending her last night with her best friends and just enjoying life before she moves. But normally, when you see a movie like this, it it goes one or one of two ways. Usually, the person who moves realizes they're wrong, going, I was selfish, I didn't put us first, I put my career first, comes back. Or, the person who doesn't move... Go- has the same reaction going I'm sorry I was selfish I wasn't thinking of us normally in movies like this the move comes quick like oh I just got this job offer I have to go in a month and that's for a move that big unless you've been talking about it for a while like just even off and on if you had been talking for a while that's fine but if it just came up just all of a sudden out of nowhere how can you make that decision and does the fact that you can't automatically make the decision going, well, I love you so much, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move for you, does that mean that maybe you're not meant to be? I don't know, because the real world doesn't work like that. The real world isn't so black and white, but movies can be. Either way, this seems like a toned down version of The Hangover, just a group of people going out, partying up, having fun, letting loose, and where do they end up? We will see. Someone Great gets a 6 out of 11. Next up, we have a film called Red Joan. This is a story of Joan Stanley, who was exposed as the KGB's longest-serving British spy. This stars Judi Dench from 84 Charing Cross Road and Sophie Cookson from Kingsman, The Secret Service. And I swear to God, I still don't see Kingsman 3 anywhere on sophie cookson's movies coming out list so if they really did kill her i'm going to be pissed because that is a piss poor ending for a very or potentially great character but okay we're not talking about that movie we're talking about red joan apparently this film is getting a really short release because out of all of my sources only one of them shows this movie coming out this week all the others show it as not coming out at all So this could be a very small release maybe it's going for a short theater run then straight to blu-ray dvd streaming we'll see but straight off the bat what's not to like this is judy dench judy dench is golden she's amazing judy dench and javier bardin playing off each other was what made skyfall in my opinion the best james bond movie but i put this movie in the same league as i do Other recent films of hers, like the Marigold Hotel series, or the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, good movies, Anne and I watched them. We like them. They're entertaining. But if we went back in time, knowing what we know now, and we had the chance to see them in theaters, I'm not sure if we would. I I don't think we would. Just because they were good, we liked them. We own them. Hell, one day we may rewatch them. But going to the theater, I, I, I don't think it's a theater movie. And this looks like it's the same this looks good but a strong movie to watch later not now but later even if it comes to a theater near you i would skip it i would skip it and then just make a note of it and once it comes out i'd rent it hell i'm so positive that's going to be at least a good movie not maybe not even great just good that i would even say buy it if it comes out but skip it in theaters red joan gets a seven out of eleven All right, everyone. Next up, we have a film called Drunk Parents. Two drunk parents attempt to hide their increasing financial difficulties from their daughter and social circle through elaborate neighborhood schemes. This stars Salma Hayek from Wild Wild West, Alec Baldwin from The Departed, Jim Gaffigan from Super Troopers, Joe Manganiello from True Blood, Treat Williams from Deep Rising. If you haven't seen Deep Rising, you f***ing watch it, because it is ridiculous. Bridget Moynihan from Blue Bloods, and Asif Mandavi from The Daily Show. I'm really surprised. Really, really surprised. I don't want to see this, because look at that cast. It is a great cast. I mean, the I think the lowest name on the totem pole is Bridget Moynihan. Because she's mainly known for Blue Bloods and she's known as John Wick's wife, which you only see a couple scenes of in the first John Wick and then her picture a couple times. Maybe Asif Mandavi is the lesser known one, but he's on The Daily Show, which a lot of people watch. But with that cast, I'm surprised I don't really, really want to watch this. But I don't. This looks dumb. Even with Jim Gaffigan. Even with Alec Baldwin and Salma Hayek. I I don't want to see this. This looks basic. This looks boring this looks like some sort of weird combination of instant family and bad teacher and i don't like that combination i thought bad teacher was funny i really want to see instant family still do i want to see a movie that looks like them combined no it looks terrible you know what i bet you it's going to be funny I bet you it is going to be funny. And if I watch it, if you somehow sit my ass down in that theater, or if you come over to my house, which I would find weird because how do you know where I live? But if you come over to my house with a copy of it going, hey, Billiam, let's watch this. And I some for some reason say yes. I bet you I will laugh. I bet you there'll be times where I am laughing and smiling. But overall, this seems like a mess. And it seems like something you should skip. This seems like a barely thought out plot. And just actually pointed out to me how truly weird it would be if anyone randomly showed up because we live in the middle of nowhere So please never just randomly show up at my house. I will be very scared. Yeah, show up at the gate Thank you, sweetie show up at the gate That's a much better idea than call me from there going hi So that way if I'm really freaked out I can just go no f- off and I'll say please I promise as for drunk parents No I'm going to skip this. And you know what? If you do want to watch this, it's okay. Whatever. It's just a dumb comedy. But it's a little too dumb for me. But hey, if you want to see this, good for you. Watch it. But for me, Drunk Parents gets a 4 out of 11. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, we have a film called Rafiki. And no, this isn't about the baboon from Lion King. This movie is about good Kenyan girls become good Kenyan wives, but Kenna and Ziki long for something more. When love blossoms between them, the two girls are faced to choose between happiness and safety. This is a Kenyan movie, and it looks pretty good. It, it really does. When it comes to movies, we hear a lot about, or have a lot of movies, about homosexuality in America, in the UK, in France, but we don't really get a lot from other countries, so this is a Kenyan movie about two girls who fall in love and how, basically, they're going to go to hell, or so says some of the local people. Rafiki doesn't look amazing. It doesn't. It just looks good. It looks fun. It looks Well, maybe not fun. Maybe fun's the wrong word, I think, for something like this. But I think it's going to be a good film. I really do. It looks like it's well-acted and well-thought-out. And how many movies from Kenya have you seen, really? So this could be the first one, and maybe you can start off with a bang and watch a good one. Rafiki gets a 7.5 out of 11. Next up, we have a film called The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Toby, a disillusioned film director, becomes pulled into a world of time-jumping fantasy when a Spanish cobbler believes him to be Sancho Panza. He gradually becomes unable to tell dreams from reality. This stars Jonathan Price from Brazil, Adam Driver from Star Wars The Last Jedi, Olga Kuryenko from Quantum of Solace, and Stellan Skarsgård from Thor. Uh, this is the movie that we've talked about quite a few times on this show just because of all the news for it this this was a movie that has been put on the back burner for so long that director terry gilliam has been trying to get out for so long and i'm still not sure what is actually happening with the movie well obviously it's coming out we know that duh coming out this week but I'm still not sure who gets the rights, because if I remember, there was some rights dispute between Terry Gilliam and the studio, and apparently Terry Gilliam doesn't fully own the movie because of some contract he signed, though he says he does, and all of that is so complicated and convoluted, all this legal mumbo jumbo bullshit, but all of that just takes away from the movie that looks okay. I mean, it's promising. I like some of Terry Gilliam's work. I really do. Brazil was great. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas was great. The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus was good. Zero Theorem. So based on Terry Gilliam's work, I think this is going to be good. But... The trailer just didn't sell me, so I'm not sure if it's just a bad trailer, because this is an indie film, so they didn't maybe they didn't get the best people to make the trailer, or maybe it's just not that good, but I still want to see this because it is Terry Gilliam. It it is one of the Monty Python crew, and and I have to see it. Just the other day I was watching the biggest dickest scene from Life of Brian, and that's amazing. It's 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 so stupid. Stupid, but it's so well done that it's hilarious and and the fact that the biggest dickest part was so good is because as many of you already know is that that scene was semi-improved where the the people playing the soldiers were told not to laugh that it was a serious scene so we have graham chapman being brought in by these soldiers and michael palin playing pontius pilot and all these guards were supposed to be 100% serious. And they were told, whatever you do, don't laugh. And then we have Michael Palin talking about his friend, Biggest Dickus. And that alone, that just that joke wouldn't have been funny. But it was them playing off the reactions of the people who were supposed to be the straight men. And that's what made the scene golden. So I'm hoping, hoping that somewhere in this movie is some sort of genius like that because if you look at all of his other works all of terry gilliam's other works they're great there's something about them something that makes them special but this movie had so many problems it has been in some form of pre-production for so many years that i'm wondering can it be good now either way i think this looks pretty good And just like all of his other movies, this is something that you should probably watch, just not watch in the theaters. The Man Who Killed Don Quixote gets a 7.5 out of 11. Next up, we have a film called Under the Silver Lake. Sam, intelligent but without purpose finds a mysterious woman swimming in his apartment's pool. The next morning, she disappears. Sam sets off across L.A. to find her, and along the way uncovers a conspiracy far more bizarre. This stars Andrew Garfield from Hacksaw Ridge, Riley Keough from Logan Lucky, Callie Hernandez from La La Land, and Topher Grace, again, from That 70s Show. And I'm not sure what to think of this movie. I'm really not. It's right there, bordering, right on the border, of what could be a really interesting movie. And what could just be forgettable bullshit. This really has promise. It does. But it also has it also has this feeling that it gives me of some forced movie with an odd plot. Like they, they know they're going for something a little more stylized. And so they're going to milk it for all it's worth. And that could be 100% wrong. It could just be a poorly done trailer. But I'm still so on the fence about this movie it has a good cast it's an interesting idea but just a problem is how is it going to be executed because how many times do we have movies that hit one or two of the three big parts but fall short on one of them and i say three big parts like you can really just narrow down what makes a movie great into three things but you need people who can do the roles it doesn't matter if they're a big actor, small actor, if, they're, if they've ever done anything before, or if they have a huge, huge IMDb page. You just need someone who can do the role. You need a story that's a good story that can exist on its own, and then you need it to be executed well. And what I'm worried about is Under the Silver Lake won't hit the execution part. That it has A and B, but C is just a little lacking. And that's what the trailer couldn't do for me, is show me that they did execute it. This looks like it has the potential to be as good as Inherent Vice, but also the potential to fall so short of that. And so that's why I'm a little iffy, and that's why, especially with a movie like this, I think the best thing to do is wait. Unless, for some reason, you're super, super stoked for it unless that's the case. So if you are really stoked for it, then see this, go see it in the theaters, my God, why are you still listening to me? But if you're not, if you're even remotely on the fence about this, if the fence is even in sight for you, then I think you should wait and then see what what reviews come out. And not just, like I always say, not just from critics, but people you actually respect. Honest people, What are? what is the audience score? I think that's the only good thing that Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic does is keep track of the audience score because those are the people you should listen to. Not some stingy asshole who gets paid for his thoughts, but some actual human being. Under the Silver Lake has a lot of promise to be one of the sleeper hits of the year, but it could also fade away into so much obscurity. Under the Silver Lake it's a 6.5 out of 11 and here's my wife with a drink like i'm not already drunk enough hello what is this is it more the same oh okay she's just looking at me like i'm supposed to guess okay Oh, okay, it's not bad. Is this the blue drink? Oh my god. Okay, we'll see. We'll see what it is. And we're back. She actually made me a blue dolphin martini. Which, hey critter, I'm actually going to be messaging you about this one for uh, an upcoming episode of Watch Your Mouth. And I know you asked me about it, um, about what other drinks I have referred you to or or suggested to you for the show. But I forgot as well. So I guess fuck it right. Just fuck it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to our next movie, which is called Penguins the story of steve and Adelie penguin on a quest to find a life partner and start a family when steve meets wuzo the emperor penguin they become friends but nothing comes easy in the icy antarctic this is a disney nature documentary all right folks let me let me tell you my feelings about disney nature documentaries let me tell you right quick so I remember when the first modern Disney nature documentary came out, because Disney used to do nature movies back way back when. And the new ones, the, the first one I ever saw was, was basically Planet Earth. If you know the BBC documentary Planet Earth, it was basically that. In fact, it was that because Disney took scenes from Planet Earth, recut them to tell a story of three families. So if you watched the Disney Earth documentary, And the BBC Planet Earth documentary, you will see that Disney just made up all kinds of bullshit and spliced scenes together. Not even necessarily of the same animals to try and tell a story. And they didn't use any of their own footage. It was all from BBC. So I don't know. I never saw chimpanzees. Uh, I I haven't seen any of the other Disney nature ones because that first one really put a sour taste in my mouth. So I don't know if they're using their own footage yet or if they're still taking it from another source. But here's the thing. Here is the thing about that. Either way, no matter if they're using their own footage or if they're stealing it from another source, and I I use stealing with asshole sarcastic air quotes, uh, obviously they pay for it. So it doesn't matter if they're using their own footage or if they're using footage that someone else took. Either way, it's a nature documentary and they they spin this fictional tale that is fun for families. So if you have kids and you want to take your kids to see a wholesome movie, this is it. Oh my God, this is the definition of wholesome. This is a nature documentary where it's kind of learning too. They will tell you about penguins and uh, get you all educated, but also spin a cute story. Is that story 100% bullshit? Yes. Yes, it is. But if you have children and you want them to see something fun and educational, this is 100% what you should watch. If you're an adult and you want to watch this, yeah, go for it. I mean, it's a nature documentary. That shit is great. If you're a jaded asshole like I am, then don't watch it and instead watch the original BBC documentaries. But hell, even maybe one day I will watch this just because I love nature documentaries. I love stuff like this. Animal Planet before the era of the reality show was my jam. I loved it. I love the PBS nature documentaries. Like for many Christmases now, I have given my mom uh, PBS nature documentaries and then watch them myself because they're fun. They're ed- they're educational. They're entertaining. And you know what's great? This planet, this planet is great. And what's amazing is that no matter what your belief system is, you can enjoy it. Do you think God made it? That's f-ing great. Watch some sh-t about some animals. Do you think we evolved this way? There is no God. That's great. Watch some sh** about some animals. Do you believe that Allah created the world? That's great. Watch some sh** about some animals. It doesn't matter what your belief is. If they mention something about evolution in the documentary, you could ignore it. Whatever. Just watch some animals do some cool stuff or just exist. Whatever. I love nature documentaries. That is my jam. When I was a kid growing up, my family owned a nursery and flower shop. And I worked there for a long time. From when I was a little kid, very little kid, I would do whatever I could around to help. And I was officially hired when I was 18 until I was about 20. Okay, I have to thank Anne for saving my ass on this. 28! From the time, for 10, oh, that's right, 10 years. Wow. All right, for 10 years I worked there and we had a little TV in the work area that would put on whatever my mom wanted because it was a family business and she watched nature documentaries. And I was entertained as f- even watching the same ones over and over again. Maybe you, my future fan, maybe you are the opposite. Maybe you hate this shit. but that's another good thing about a movie like this. Is not only is it has it been made for audience of all ages, of all walks of life, of all beliefs. But also, based on what it is, based on the whole, uh, its entire being, you should already know if it's something you would ever watch or not. So despite anything I could possibly say about this, there's a good chance that you already know what you're going to do. And I know that unless you have a family, and unless you also want to take that family out to watch a movie this week or in the next coming weeks, or you're a f***ing huge lover, of nature documentaries, unless you are in one of those categories, you will not see this in theaters. So, unless you fall into one of those categories, the only two options left for you are to either watch it after it is released on DVD, Blu ray, streaming, or to skip it entirely. And you already know what that is. But for me, I have to give my score. And Penguins gets a 7 out of 11. Next up, we have a film called Little Woods. Two sisters come on hard times, and they turn back to a life they swore they'd walk away from. They start selling prescription drugs, and all the trouble from their past comes back to find them. This stars Tessa Thompson from Thor Ragnarok, Lily James from Baby Driver, and Lance Reddick from John Wick. And do you remember last week when I was talking about that Italian movie and about how that that guy was having a hard life, but he was also a drug dealer? I was like, oh, poor drug dealer. From the looks of the trailer, this movie actually makes them sympathetic characters. Where in the Italian movie, it was just like, oh, he sells drugs to make a little extra cash. And comes his way, and I feel no sympathy for him. But in this movie, we have Tessa Thompson and Lily James coming on hard times, almost losing their house, have no money, can't pay any bills, and they try to live life on the straight and narrow, and they just can't. So this one, I sympathize with them. Even though I personally wouldn't turn to selling drugs, I can see why they did it. They have a little more reason than just some random dog groomer who starts selling drugs. Either way, this movie looks, um, God, it looks depressing. It looks sad. It looks the wrong kind of realistic, where it shows a part of life that we all know exists. We all know it's out there, but we go to movies and we read books and we watch TV, listen to music to escape this that life is so hard. Hard for some people that they have no choice but to do wrong things like selling drugs. So, even though this movie looks well acted, I mean, Tessa Thompson, Lily James, Lance Reddick, what's not to like? It looks well acted, well thought out, well executed. I'm still not sure how much I want to see this just because I, even though I can sit back and appreciate a movie that shows the harshness of reality, even though I can't appreciate that, even though I can point at that going, hey, that's a good movie. I don't necessarily want to watch movies like that. It's like 12 Years a Slave. That was... A very realistic story it doesn't mean i really wanted to go out there and see it i mean i saw it because it's an amazing movie well acted and that doesn't mean i want to watch it again that's that's not me i like to watch stuff that helps me escape i want to watch stuff that's happy that's entertaining so despite the fact that this could be a very good movie i tend to shy away from movies like that but for you maybe this is your film i don't know but it does look interesting it looks like it's a good film it's going to sink it's going to do terribly but of course with a movie like this you have to wonder how much was there budget really because maybe tessa thompson lily james and lance reddick did this in between big things so they're willing to take a pay cut and maybe the production company knew they weren't going to get a lot for it so the studio went hey let's just let's just bank on the straight to dvd straight to video or streaming let's bang on that either way those this looks good entertaining not, not with my definition of entertaining, not really, but it still looks good. Little Woods gets an 8 out of 11. All right, folks, we have two movies left. Two movies left before we get into the question of the week, and let's talk about it. Let's talk about the next film, which isn't the pick of the week, and that is The Curse of La Llorona. Ignoring the eerie warning of a troubled mother suspected of child endangerment, a social worker and her own small kids are soon drawn into a battle against evil when an evil spirit targets her children. This stars Linda Cardinelli from Scooby-Doo, Patricia Velasquez from The Mummy, Raymond Cruz from Clearing Present Danger, and Sean Patrick Thomas from Halloween Resurrection. I really thought this would be my pick. After I was just skimming the, the movies coming out, I thought this would be it because this is right up my alley. I love this kind of shit I love modern horrors, but there's one movie that I just wanted to see a little more. That being said, this still looks good, but just like Penguins, this is a very specific movie. You know if you like it, It, and it's so specific that not even all horror fans would want to see this. I'm not sure if Anne would see this if it wasn't for me, because I want to see it, and Roz from somewhat nerdy, he will watch this probably because it's a horror and he supports all horror, but I don't think this is his ideal type. So even for fans of the genre, this is a little bit more of a, of a split, though this movie is more accessible to those who normally wouldn't find themselves in a theater to see a horror movie. This is more of a, a little more of a mainstream horror. So normally this is the type of movie that people would come together over, but I'm not sure if this this exact movie is that kind of thing. I think it looks good. I want to see it, but but because I like movies like these. And the good thing for you, my future fan, is that maybe you find this one 100% skippable. And I know I use that a lot, saying that, oh, this movie, the good thing about it is you either know if you want to see it or not. I know that you can say that about any film. I I get that. But with movies like this, it's even easier. Movies like this, like specific genre movies, make this even easier. So now the question is, do I want to see it? Yes. Yes, I do. But unless something changes, I really don't think I'm going to see this in the theaters. I think I'm going to skip this one and watch it later, because there's one other movie coming out this week that I want to see just a little more, but let's talk about The Curse of La Llorona that gets a 7.5 out of 11. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so let's wrap this up with the pick of the week, which is a film called... Fast Color. A woman is forced to go on the run when her superhuman abilities are discovered. Years after having abandoned her family, the only place she has left to go is back home, where she finds her daughter has powers as well. This stars Gugum Bantara from A Wrinkle in Time, Lorraine Toussaint from Hudson Hawk, Sonia Sidney from Hidden Figures, and David Strathairn from The Born Ultimatum. You know what, it's sad. It's almost like the studio had no faith in this movie, because look at when it's coming out. Look at what is next week. And you could argue that a lot of the other movies coming out this week, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, Under Silver Lake, Little Woods, uh, Rafiki, things like that could have a chance, even with Endgame coming out, because people who don't like comic book movies, people who don't have any interest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe may want something to see, so these movies will have a chance from those people. But a movie like this potentially could have people who would see it who would also go see an MCU movie, because this does have the benefit of being a People of Powers movie, but also being way more than that, which I, I think we're seeing more and more, what great stories we can tell about people with abilities, people with superhuman abilities that aren't necessarily your standard comic book movie. And while a lot of us love these comic book movies, a lot of the us are really stoked for whatever Marvel puts out and, and stupidly optimistic when DC puts out a movie. Even though we love movies like that, there are still more stories to tell, more potential out there that isn't going to be your standard comic book fare. And it's true, movies have been coming out for a while that have tried to do that. But it wasn't really until Deadpool where we saw a full-on comedy come out that still had a familiar comic book feel that we really tested the waters of the mainstream audience. Because you could say the original Hellboy kind of did that. You, you can argue that there are other movies out there that did this. But since we are in the heyday of the superhero movie... Comics are cooler than ever now. It's not just the last bastion of nerddom. This is a mainstream thing. And because of that, we're now looking more into this, this genre. And I can't wait to see what else we come up with, because this one is a little more... I don't want to use the word serious. I, I think that's the wrong word, because Endgame and Infinity War, they're, they're serious, even though there's a little, there's parts of comedy. There's probably going to be parts of comedy in the, this one coming up next week. There are parts, of, little bits of comedy in Infinity War. But as a whole, if you compare a movie like Fast Color, if you compare a movie like Brightburn that's coming out later this year, if you compare a movie or compare them to Avengers, Avengers has the feeling of an epic. Eb- comic book blockbuster, and that just feels different than a movie like Fast Color, which still features a person with superhuman abilities, but that's not really the main part of the story. Think back to Chronicle. Even then, the superpowers took a back seat, with that movie as more about the, the guy's downfall into madness when that group of people got their powers, because the movie was one part stylized, like the, the way they presented it as a found footage movie, and also a look into Dane DeHaan's character mental breakdown, basically. In that sense, I think Chronicle was ahead of its time. So now, now that we're seeing the end of the first true story arc from the Marvel MCU, now we're seeing a little more of these movies pop up that feature people of powers that aren't your standard fare. I mean, look at Umbrella Academy on Netflix. That's not your typical comic book movie. Or TV show in that case. I also mentioned *Brightburn*, which is coming out later. That's a that's a horror movie based on the idea that we have an alien who came to Earth like in the same way Superman did, and basically goes bad sh- crazy, and starts killing people. So we have that to look forward to, and I, I just really look forward to where this genre is going to go. But for now, we have *Fast Color*, which looks good, but it's going to get one hundred percent lost in the shuffle. I want to see this, but there's so many other movies on my to-be-watched list that this is going to fall off my radar, and I will eventually watch it when it comes out on Blu-ray DVD streaming. If you really want to see a movie this week, I think this is it. But also, if you just want to wait this week because we have something huge coming out next week, I wouldn't blame you for that. Fast Color looks good. It has good actors in it. It's an interesting story. And it is a kind of a familiar story. You know, we have someone on the run for one reason or the other. Uh, We have an estranged family. We have this woman getting to know her child, connecting with them. It just so happens that the connection between the two is about the fact that they have superpowers and that the government wants them. I'm not sure why the government wants them. Maybe it's some sort of they just want to capture them to study them. I just hope that for the sake of the movie, it's nothing that basic. Whatever reason they're hunting her for... I want it to be something interesting, something at least slightly different, at least try. Because you're presenting us with this interesting story that has been told before in a couple different ways, but just never with all of these combined elements. So at least deliver something different for us with why the government wants this woman. Either way, Fast Caller is going to be a good movie. I, if you watch it, I think you will enjoy it. And I think all of you, just like me, are smart enough to to understand that by watching this trailer, that's not going to be your typical comic book movie. Because A, it's not based on a comic book, at least I don't think. And it just so happens to have a person with a power in it, or people with powers. So as long as you don't go into it expecting to see some Marvel DC film, and you just want to watch a good movie with good actors in it, I think you will walk out happy. Or you know what? Maybe wait until next week... Because I guarantee you any theater that has this in it next week will be dead. And then the week after, go see Endgame. But of course that's risky. Do you want to risk spoilers? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be hard. Um, there are a lot of trolls out there, but ho- hopefully no one will be a huge ass about it. But like I said, this week it's leading up to one of the biggest movies of the year. And they're just kind of placing this movie here because I don't think they have a lot of faith in it. But I have faith in it. I think it's going to be good. But I also think that if you don't see this in theaters, you won't miss out. Fast Color gets an 8 out of 11. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with that, it's time to go into the question of the week. And let's just get a recap on what that was. The question of the week was... Which movie do you wish had a prequel? So the movie can come from any time. It could be a super old movie where all of the actors are dead. Or it could be a super recent movie. Just which movie do you wish had a prequel? It doesn't have to be possible. So the only answer we got outside of the household comes from Evan, who says, I want a Waterworld prequel. I never thought I would hear that answer. Just because Waterworld is not one of those movies I think about all the time. Once in a while, I'll think about it going, oh yeah, that was that was a fun movie. It was fun to sh** on it at the time, and now people look back on it with kind of a cult classic love for it. But it would be interesting to see how the world got to be that way. And also the invention of that machine that turns your piss back into water. No, we we can actually leave that part out. No, 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 we, we don't need that. So I just got done talking to Anne, and she had an amazing idea, and that is a prequel to Cabin in the Woods, and she said it could go a couple ways, just another group of people, so the story of another group and... Obviously, it would work because the world hasn't ended yet, So, but we can still see their story and which, which one they picked or how the government program came about. I think that could be really cool, too. And see, that's why I'm so glad she suggested this question last week because there's so much potential. I may even repeat this one a few times this year because... I want you to have as much fun as I did thinking of these things, just because even though Evan answered Waterworld, I wonder if later he thought, ooh, what about this one? Or what about this? I could do this. So maybe if I ask it again in a couple months, something else will come to mind. And for me, this was a little harder just because a lot of my favorite movies have either already had prequels or it just wouldn't work like a prequel to Ghostbusters. Like We know what happened before they were Ghostbusters. They were just working at the college. And Ernie Hudson was jobless, maybe, or, but either way, just be a movie about three scientists and some, some day laborer. I don't know. And then I thought about another movie. I really loved Galaxy Quest. That movie wouldn't be interesting because before the actual interesting stuff happened in the movie, they were just going around from, from convention to convention, trying to make ends meet. I thought about maybe John Wick. We could see a movie in the past where he is actually still an assassin and doing an amazing job at it or go back a little further recast him to look a little younger to to see how he became the way he is a prequel to gladiator would be pretty cool to see maximus back when he's still a successful general or see him in the battle that made him get noticed by the emperor and then brought him to his current like his position that he was in but when the movie started So as for me, this was harder than I thought it would be. I mean, I had a lot of fun thinking of all the possibilities. But what one would I be most psyched for? And I would have to say that it would be a tie. And yes, I'm cheating because it's my own show. A tie between the first one would be Fast and the Furious... So that way we can see Han again, for Christ's sake, and see how the team became so well-known. I think that would be fun. It would be character building for characters we already know. So they'd already have it mapped out for them. And the next answer, and the one I would rather see, is Dread, Because in Carl Urban's Dread, he was already known. Judge Dread was already known as a badass. So how did he get that way? I would like to see that movie, and that would be amazing. Because we would get another Dread. And I know I said that it doesn't have to be, you don't have to choose something that would be possible to do, but this one's actually possible. That's what's exciting about it. Because Carl Urban keeps a helmet on the whole time. You can't tell if he's aged that much. So yes, my answer for that would be Dread. All right, it's time for the next question of the week. So let's just get blunt with this. Who do you actually want to die in Endgame? Like you can guarantee one character die never to be seen again in the MCU. Who is it? So who do you want to die in Endgame? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this episode of Future Flicks with Billiam. As always, you can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website, that's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. Give me five stars, please. That'd be great. And then share the podcast with your friends. Help us grow. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN or email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Please support us on patreon you can find the link in the show notes just a buck a month nothing nothing big or you can go to the next tier and choose one show each month to say something within reason you know we will not be crass dirty or rude but plug something of your own plug your own show plug your own uh, your blog just say hi to someone make us say something that things funny We'll do it. So be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts, also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Don't forget to check out the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, great friends of the show. Please check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off,
1: and I'll see you in the future.